Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. This is a special edition History Lessons, the Air Jordan 2. My name is Nick Ingvall, and I'm with my guys, Robbie Falke and Mike Guillory. What's going on, fellas? Yo, not too much, not too much. It's a good day to talk some sneakers. What's up, Robbie? Super excited to talk about my love-hate relationship with the Jordan 2. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah, yeah I think uh, a lot of people will, will, uh, will fall into the category of love-hate with the Jordan 2, so let's just get right into it um 1986 you know well i guess let's step back 1985 1986 you know mj is basically in the in the league for a couple of years and uh the first shoe sold incredibly well 65 dollars retail and then in comes the air jordan 2 at a hundred dollar price point <laughs> yeah exactly Kind of a kind of a shock shock to the system for anybody that was into sneakers back then. So, um, or anybody's parents that actually uh, were asked to buy those shoes, like mine. The answer was absolutely not, and there were probably some uh, nah, son. Yeah, there was probably a little bit of profanity mixed in. A hundred dollars? Are you crazy? I I think we should probably touch on one thing before we fully dive into the two, and that would be the what well what was the uh you know it's kind of like the 1.5 as we know it now right isn't that what it was called yeah when they put the jordan one upper on what would be now the jordan two uh midsole and outsole robbie you want you want to talk about that one a little bit no (laughs) (laughs) just because if you've heard in past episodes i am passionate about releasing shoes the way they released originally like tinker threes don't do it for me and 1.5s fall in that same boat you can ship them away and have me never find that boat again like it's the prototype so it's what michael literally played in once or twice you know a hybrid of the two 
it's all wear testing. They did it with the Kobe's. They do it with the bronze. They see what works. Maybe they just have the tooling ready and they don't have an upper. So they stitch them together or vice versa. So it, it got a little backstory behind it just because he actually wore it. And that part's cool. Um, but the 1.5, man, it's like, give me one or give me two or give me none. Like, and we'll talk about other versions of the two later. The two has definitely seen its sell its fair share of having its pieces put on other shoes and having other shoes be put onto it. So it's an interesting, interesting tale. I think, too, just thinking about how different it is nowadays, right? It would be really surprising to see an athlete wearing something that's literally like a hybrid of signature models, at least publicly. You know, we might see some spy shots or somebody in the gym with them on or something like that. But there's no way LeBron is playing in like the 19.5 or 18.5 or whatever unless it's a shoe that's going to be released. You know, it was just kind of a different time period back then. You know, like Jordan was really the only signature athlete that was like really like pushing numbers. You know, you had other players that had, you know, quote, signature shoes. You had Dr. J and his Converse and Magic and Larry Bird and their Converse. But the success of the Jordan one and the length of time uh that that MJ played in it was really kind of interesting between the 85 86 and the 86 87 seasons you know the the Jordan 2 gets you know put together for MJ by Bruce Kilgore and Peter Moore the guys behind the Jordan 1 Air Force 1 you know kind of kind of you could imagine like Nike doesn't have a huge you know team of designers back then the way they do now where you know every signature athlete gets a different kind of you know designer dedicated to his particular signature line so um the the two was really interesting though you know in terms of the design because it was obviously made in italy which it's kind of crazy to think that they were trying to do that right out of the gate really you know like the jordan one was clearly, you know, not not made out of poor quality materials by any means, because if you can find those now and and they're still really wearable, um, with the exception of like, you know, maybe like the flaking and stuff on some of the, the coloring. But to to go from like, you know, your basic sneaker and try to step up into this like luxury world with the Jordan 2 is really an interesting thing to me. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, in, in hindsight, it's easy to say, you know, it's a, it's a bad idea. It didn't do as well as the Jordan one, but it's just really interesting. What do you guys think about that? Well, crazy enough, doing some digging on this one. Um, I didn't know that this was actually, this might been, might have been the shoe that started the limited release because according to history, uh, it says that the original release of the Jordan two was limited to 30 stores in 19 metropolitan cities. So it wasn't even readily available to everyone trying to get it. So higher price point, uh, quote unquote, better materials and then limited quantities. I mean, that pretty much wrote the formula of what is, uh, was done nowadays. And I just, I, I'm not any, I'm not super personal, con I'm personally connected to the Air Jordan 2 by any means. I've actually never have worn one. Um, 
but definitely respect it for what it is. And I just think, I think that maybe the, when we look at the one, there's just such a timeless um, silhouette. I think this, the two, just a, maybe it was just ahead of its time, possibly. I don't know, but just like the, the design didn't, didn't resonate with people like the, like the one did. That's 100% right. I would argue a little differently. The Jordan 2, much like the 1, is a perfect blank canvas. Like, there hasn't always been the best colorways on it or best materials on it. But, my God, you can do pretty much anything you want to do with the Jordan 2. And giving it that luxury and that luxurious feel, <laughs> um, giving it that kind of, like, you know, high-end feel makes the shoes a last now like nick was saying you could still wear a pair of twos because that leather is so buttery um and it also you know mike was wearing gold chains he was flashy like the shoes being from italy kind of tied into him running up and down the court like a sports car like there's a story there that's really subtle and maybe it took me bringing up those two things for that to click in your brain but it all kind of fit into what MJ was doing and his persona. And for that, I think it works. I have a real big connection to the Jordan too, just because like they're the last pair of Jordans my dad bought me. He's still with us, by the way. They just think I have such an addiction. They won't buy shoes for me anymore. Like straight up. They were like, we will not contribute. Like I'm a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> like they literally like cut me off. Like, um, you know, Jesse from like Breaking Bad or something. It's like, it's a bad look, but I really like those pairs just because I think of him. Everybody has their own emotional attachments to shoes, but the storytelling and my family aspect is why I do really enjoy the Jordan 2 and for what it's made out of. I remember the Jordan 2, you know, originally, like there was a, a shot um, I want to say, well, for sure, I remember seeing it on a Sports Illustrated. Um, that was uh, probably the first time I really got a good look at it. You know, like back then you're watching on old school TVs and you're not really able to understand it. I don't remember seeing it in stores until it was marked down significantly. Um, but even then, like, I do remember thinking like it was made out of really nice materials, you know, like. Italian leather, uh, they kind of put that like, I guess, lizard skin kind of material on it. It just had a different a different vibe to it. It it was different than a lot of the shoes prior to because it just felt like there was a little more paneling to it. You know, like if you think of like the the Jordan one and the way that there's not really any obvious overlap the jordan 2 kind of had that tpu plastic heel cap that ran you know a majority down the the side of the shoe and the fact that you know this is kind of the first shoe we'll get into it in a, in a future episode obviously but the jordan 2 was the first shoe really to kind of take away the nike branding and you know yeah it had nike on the heel but it had the jordan wings logo on the tongue and really no branding on the side. So it was clear that they were trying to move into a really interesting place. You know, in hindsight, we can look back and see that like 
obviously this kind of stuff works now, but you know, as I was like researching, you know, to record, um, I kind of just really admired the amount of effort that the guys at Nike went through to take the Jordan two from, you know, from the Jordan one, which, you know, clearly released in a ton of colorways to, you know, the Jordan two, which was very premium material. And we weren't thinking about that kind of stuff back then, you know, like we were just trying to get a pair of shoes, you know, it was a different world back then. And, um, yeah, I just, I just, you know, in digging for, for information and, and talking to people about this shoe, I just really came to appreciate it more, I think, than I had before. Um, but that said, all of the, you know, all, all of the kind of design stuff, the aesthetic of the shoe, you know, it was, it was always talked about that the Jordan didn't like the two near as much as he liked the one. Um, and then some other pre, you know, like successive models after that. But, um, I think like, if I remember right, like the, the sole of the two was too stiff for, for Jordan. You know, I think that is kind of an interesting thing to look at. And, you know, as we get into like talking about what MJ did in the Jordan two, thinking about like, if he didn't really like the shoe yet, he accomplished like some amazing feats. So one of you guys want to take on some of the, some of the accomplishments that he had on court with this one. Yeah. So let me see here. Cause he's done a few things in this shoe that I didn't even realize that he actually won his first scoring title in the sneaker. Um, he averaged 37.1 points per game. Pretty ridiculous. And then 37 regular season games scoring 40 plus. And then he had nine straight games of scoring over 40. I mean, considering this shoe, he didn't again, like it wasn't like his favorite shoe. And if I'm not mistaken, this shoe was the one that kind of made him start looking into, you know, sneaker free agency. Like this was going to be the last one he was going to do with Nike. Um, before the before the next model came around, but he has some pretty solid accomplishments. Rob, you want to get in some more of them? Yeah, um, I mean, if you want to get next level, so he's the first player to score three thousand points in a season since Wilt. At that time, it's important to note that. Um, so he's the first player ever to get two hundred steals and a hundred blocks in a season. Think about that; that's insane for a guard. And he won his first slam dunk contest wearing the Air Jordan 2. I mean, that's where, like, if everybody has their own, like, immortalized version of Air Jordan in their brain, mine's MJ rocking the cradle with the chain. Like, yeah, the dunk contest is pr- probably the most well-known thing because that was pre-championship runs. Um, that MJ did like that was on posters that was on every single magazine kids were cutting them out putting them up on you know on their bedroom walls but this iconic I'm even thinking of the there's a different angle of one where MJ is coming in from an angle and his head's about to hit the rim and he looks like someone just tilted him sideways and planted him suspended in air it just it, it's amazing um so yeah the, the jordan doing the dunk contest is kind of my big thing it really is crazy to think too like like you said you know since will at that time 
But I think one of the one of the points that Mike made, 37.1 per game, I'm pretty sure that still stands as like the highest average scoring of any player outside of league history, right? Outside of Wilt. Yeah. So there's always that asterisk outside of Wilt. Yeah. 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 When Wilt's dropping like, you know, triple digits, it's kind of hard to uh to even like throw anybody near that class. But yeah, thinking about like if you were to compare it, you know, get jumping ahead historically, I would say that that Jordan's, you know, 86, 87 season is is most comparable to like Kobe's, you know, free agency sneaker season, right? In terms of just, you know, 50 point plus games all the time, like basically, basically is putting up just ridiculous numbers and carrying the entire team for 82 straight games. I'm just like dumbfounded by it, that thinking like that, that Jordan wasn't as into this shoe. Just think like we we're we're told the stories of how, you know, we want to be like Mike and, Obviously, like a lot of us have those moments where, like you said, Robbie, the the gold chain, and that's where it's just like, you know, kind of iconicized for us. And I think for me, you know, it comes a little bit later. The two I was I was a fan of Jordan, but I it wasn't like. I didn't get to that, oh, shit moment of like, this is the man, the man, you know, until next season, I guess. But um. Let's shift gears and and look at the colorways and how that how interesting we really only had two essential essentially two colorways from the get go. It's like, do you want white, black, and red, or do you want white, gray, and red? Well, yeah. And the biggest change with the midsole. I mean, the two look pretty similar, but the the away color had the the midsole painted all black, and then the home color all white midsole. But the cool thing was they released high and low at the same time. And you don't really see that too often, um, especially not anymore. It was pretty dope that you had a, you had an option right off the bat, like, oh, I'm really playing the high or I'm really playing the low. That's a great point. Having just two colorways kind of funnels back to the premium feel. Like luxury items don't come in a lot of options. I guess some of them do, but like really, really extravagant shit. It's like it is what it is. Like you're you're not going to be dumbfounded with all these different color options. The, le- the, the white base with minimal coloring, let that leather shine. So it's weird, especially compared to today's market where you see, you know, 15 to 18 different colorways of a shoe released. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really interesting that they went ahead and only dropped two. Yeah. And, you know, you know, in hindsight, we can look back and and see like, you know, the, the, the highs and the lows and, and, you know, obviously from what did we get up to? I think we got up to like 18 colorways of the original Jordan one, um, something like that. And then to, to scale it back to just like basically two colorways, you can get a high or a low is, is, is pretty, uh, is pretty crazy, but you know, Jordan brand had, it did have, you know, and we'll get into like kind of how this ties into the future but jordan did make michael his own kind of carolina colorway of the two back in the day um which we'll throw a post up on uh at sneaker history instagram that you can check out when by the time this you know is published but um there was also this really interesting jordan 2 prototype that i wanted to talk about because 
it's floated around the internet for quite some time. And it basically, it, it basically took like, I would say primarily the, the, you know, whole midsole outsole design. Um, and like, <laughs> like cut it in half or even less. It almost looks like, like it was designed to be like a really low profile version of the shoe, but it also, it also like, you know, w went more traditional kind of had like a, a Nike, big Nike looking upper. And instead of the swoosh, it had like the wings logo right on the side panel. And we'll throw those up on the Instagram too. But that really is interesting to me thinking about how MJ didn't like the cushioning of the Jordan two. It makes me wonder like which one of these, you know, came first kind of. And especially since when we did our last episode about the Air Jordan one, his big deal about signing with Nike was having port feel um he said their shoes were too chunky and going from the air jordan one to what we now we know is air jordan two the the thickness of the sole looks like it increased dramatically so i wonder what the thought process was behind that because looking at the prototypes you're speaking about nick they almost remind me of like old like uh like old reebok aerobic shoes the way they're like the was it the decoupled sole and all that good stuff like pretty uh Oh, pretty weird. It's just interesting too, and in seeing it in hindsight because you never know where in the in the timeline that that came about. Um, but I guess fast forwarding a little bit, you know, we can talk about the first time that essentially we saw a retro of the Jordan two. So, Robbie, you want to take that on? Yeah, um, first retro came kind of right in line with the Jordan one and Jordan three retro this a year later in 1995, we got those same colorways, the first original two. And that's really it with the 95 retro. It had the really cool box, but no real groundbreaking things were happening until the next round of retros in 2004, where we got our first, general release new colorway of the Jordan 2 via the chrome joints, which are very similar to the chrome eights and the fact that they're just black and silver Raider ready. Um, a really good, simple shoe that feels like it should have, it could have been released with the original drop. Um, a lot of people get that confused and think the chromes are an original colorway but they are in fact not. Um, they did not use the leather, like the first two colors. They used like that brush nubuck type feel. Um, and, and they were just a really solid shoe, man. I mean, that was back before we were getting a lot of different models retroed. So they kept it very small, very refined. And it would be about a decade until we saw the twos coming out year after year you know, and we'll get more into like limited releases in a bit but outside of those very limited ones the two kept a very low profile for many many years i think that that it's interesting how nike has i don't want to shun say shun the two but it really does feel like that sometimes because up until you know up until that point you don't really have like a lot of energy around it right even even thinking about like, as you get into more of the retros, they weren't hyped up in any way. 
you didn't really see a lot of talk around them. You know, it, for some some of us that worked, you know, for for retailers or whatever through those years, you know, we knew they were there, but they, there wasn't a lot of buzz around them. There wasn't a lot of energy around them. And I think of like some of the, you know, some of the just like in-store stuff or even magazine shots, the two just didn't get the exposure that a lot of the other Jordans did when the retros started coming around. But um, one thing that I wanted to actually kind of go back to is there were there were a couple of other original samples that I wanted to mention. One of them was the low version of that prototype, which, you know, kind of goes without saying they, they you know, you, you would expect that. but there was actually an 86 sample that was a canvas version. So it's pretty apparent that Jordan brand at least considered going with another KO after the year Jordan one KO, not, not to speak for everybody out there, but I think uh, most of us are probably thankful that they didn't go down that path <laughs> and make that a release. I was trying to think, um, you know, as we were, you know, kind of preparing for this, the first time the Jordan 2 really popped off in any kind of colorway other than the originals to me was probably that mellow the pair that yeah the pair that Carmelo Anthony wore right the Carolina Nuggets colors basically white and Carolina with a little bit of yellow on it and I want to say that was 2004 is that correct you are correct so what's interesting is like now we've seen that shoe a couple of times, but really it was the first time that the Jordan two kind of got real attention, right? From, from Nike. If you think back to like other retros, you know, we'd been seeing basically other models being retroed, you know, for five, six years, you know, consistently before the two ever came as, as a, you know, a color like that and hit any anybody's feet really right yeah, right. not just that but think of all the crazy colorways on those more popularly retro shoes you had black and gold sixes you had do the right thing threes you had all these very not traditional bulls colorways coming out and they were fire so the fact that it took till 2004 for the jordan 2 super surprising um, luckily Mello liked the Jordan two before, you know, it released. That's why he wore it and why they gave him a PE. Um, but you're a hundred percent right. The, the Mello joints were the first time people stopped and said, Ooh, you, you dress up real nice Jordan too. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, then from there, I mean, you know, everyone kind of put their eyes on the Mello version because I mean, Mello, of who Mello was, how you play colors were great because of the, you know, Denver nugget colors. But just like you said, Robbie, like people like, Ooh, what is that? I think that more bigger, you know, eyes got bigger, you know, jaws kind of dropped a little bit whenever uh, they released the first uh, Dornbecker Jordan, which was the Jordan two, which was in 07. Uh, it was the first Jordan to get the treatment. And I mean, it's probably the only Jordan. I mean, it's not a very common shoe whatsoever, but I think it's the only Jordan I've Jordan two I've seen where people will literally, you know, like, oh, I will go out of my way to buy that as opposed to some of these other ones. Yeah, great point. And at that point, you've got like 
sort of a consistent run of the Jordan two, right? Like what? 2008 would be, uh, the countdown packs. Um, trying to think like what was there kind of in that late, you know, 2000, like 2010 era. No, just we like sneakerheads commonly do. We kind of skipped over a whole bunch of lows. So from 2000, well, it was right. Yeah. It's, lows always get forgotten from 2004 to five. We got a retro of the white, black varsity red low. Then we got like a Carolina type, you know, the alternative Carolina where it's Navy and Carolina blue. Um, there was a white on white joint with a yellow wings logo on the tongue. There was a white and pink for ladies in 2005. So Mellow kind of opened up the floodgate for for new opportunities, but they primarily went to the low cut version before the DB. So the Dornbecker came out in 2007, and I would say that's the first like grail for the Jordan Two without question. Yeah, man, that's a hundred percent right. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> we always skip over freaking lows, but funny enough, the lows are. I would rather the lows in the Jordan Two over the highs. Um, they just, I don't know, look like they wear better to me, even though I've never owned a pair. If I had to go out and get a pair today, I would go for probably a UNC, that navy and white colors. I mean, I feel like they're just, again, just easier to put on than opposed to the, the chunkiness of the of the high itself. But um, back when Nick was talking about some of the, um, some of the later retros and, you know, the, the first first 10 years of 2000, you got the countdown pack, the white and, white and varsity red. But then you also had, which is, again, we go from not caring about the Jordan 2 to I will sell my house to get this pair, which is going to be the M&M Jordan 2. I mean, this pair is worth tens of thousands of dollars right now, if not more. Um, and it's just one of the, again, one of those things like people will say, I hate the Jordan 2, but will give you their last to get their hands on this pair. Yeah, I'd I'd fight you, Mike, for him. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny to think, too, um, you know, I think probably during that era of the lows, we should probably mention, you know, guys like Derek Anderson, Mike Bibby getting P.E. versions of the lows, um, which. Definitely added to the added to the the you know the allure of the shoe but it also i think could have backfired because in my mind like one of the most like memorable jordan twos is is derek anderson's white and red pair with you know was it like loyal one or whatever on the on the stitched in the side correct and 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 even bibby right with like his team dime logo and that kind of stuff those kind of almost like ruined regular releases for me because you just didn't see enough of the two, right? It wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't like another Jordan model where, you know, there was plenty of colors to choose from already out there. And then the the players got a little bit of an exclusive colorway. It was like the most unique and the most excitement around the shoe came in those player colorways. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me though. I mean, let's be honest. Anything Mike Bibby had, anything Quentin Richardson had, they made all the regular releases look just, just terrible. You like, I want those PEs. 
because you even had Camilla had a black PE, like an alternative PE. It was a uh, black university blue. Uh, then you also had Gary Payton when he played the Lakers. They had the old, um, the old, oh God, I can't remember. The, the white and white, blue and, and navy color for the throwback uniforms. He had a, he had a uh, PE of that. They had glove written on the side and those were pretty, pretty cool looking. Yeah, Q Rich is another one that he wore mostly uh, most of the uh, high top, mid top, whatever. But man, some of those Knicks colorways, I think I think him and Fred Jones both had like Knicks color twos back in the day. And uh, honestly, those are like some of my favorite twos. I don't know why I like them so much, but they are just beautiful to me. So Fred Jones had Pacer colorways, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. It was the new two, which we'll, which we'll touch on later when we go over different iterations of the two. But yeah, he had some new twos. He wore it in the dunk contest, which I believe he won in 2003, four or five. I don't remember, but <laughs> right around there. I want to say 2004. Yeah, 2004. That's right. Yeah, so Pacers. <laughs> What is so? Two- yeah, because he wa- he was on the Pacers when he won, and then went to the Knicks a couple years <laughs> later, right? Like a, a year or two later, he played he played for a bunch of teams through that time, but I can't remember. I want to say he was even. I think he was even on the Blazers for a year or something. He was your token uh, journeyman in the yeah. league. So getting back to, uh, you know, some of the some of the colorways and the history of the colorways collaborations. um, What else are we missing? I'm I'm kind of like leaning towards. The I I don't know why, but like the most poignant, like release of the Jordan two to me was actually not that long ago. It was the Don C stuff because it was so crazy over the top. Nice materials. I got to halt you. Well, but I feel like I'm that. jumping ahead. Yeah, I for sure got yeah, you forget about the terrible stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, Robert. I think you're going to say materials. And Nick, I would be willing to bet money that you've had a pair of these in your life. At least I like to think that you do. The bins, man. The brown pair, 2010. Oh, yeah. Damn. With the, the wax yeah, uh, stamp on the... Might have to revoke my... Might might have to revoke my uh, sneaker historian card tonight. I just uh, <laughs> totally spaced on that one. Totally. I mean, get at me in the comments section on Instagram if you think I'm wrong. But the Ben series has the best materials ever to grace Air Jordan models. And the two, I would say the two and the seven, because the seven's so buttery. But I would give the two the edge. Because ain't no one wearing an all-out brown shoe in 2010. You get looked at. Um, I mean, you're no, you're no dummy. If you, yeah, this you can't do that. But just, I believe they came even with wooden, like um, shoe formers on the inside. But like, yep, an individual dust bag. Yep, like that's the pinnacle of luxury if the jordan 2 was supposed to be a finely tuned italian product then the bin took that flipped it and reversed it if you will 
wanted three hundred bucks at the time, like the Ben series. I can't remember the price. I mean, was it three or five? But I think that, I want to say three. Yeah, nothing was five in two thousand ten, but three for sure. Like <laughs> that's a high quality piece of footwear. But see, once you leave that Ben twenty three, you start going into some nonsense. I mean, you have. Those, you know, the different retros, they came out again Holy with the, the, the way pair. The, no, you know, yeah, <laughs> they were 175. You got that shoe for 175. Oh. Like. That's it. Why are you three somewhere? Wow. For those materials, I would buy that four times in 2010. Shoot, now you're looking about a grand at least. I was in the middle of college, so I was on that top ramen tip, so I couldn't really afford 175 even. But man, you and me both—that would have been nice. Yeah, definitely. After that, it started falling off again. You got these, uh, like you got that away color from like the OG away, where it was white black with the black midsole. But then you got the these solid packs. You know, you had the candy pack, which is the red, green, and yellow pairs. Then you also had the black with the patent leather side panel you had the all university blue with black trim which were all i don't think anyone was really you know chomping at the bit to get these um but after that you had some nonsense coming out out after after you know 2014 you have this infrared 23 pair with like random cement print on it you have the white and concord color that came out to they tried to package it with the concord 11s where you had the Concord purple on it with you know elephant print on the side panels. You had that nightshade part of the nightshade pack. It was just a bunch of nonsense. And you had the another Concord pair with all purple with uh safari print panels on it. It was just a bunch of uh, uh but a lack of respect for the shoe. I mean, again, it may not be a fan favorite, but you could have done it better than that. I don't I don't know if you guys remember these pairs. Oh, for sure I do. Um the last one you said. I believe was, and I am incorrect. Um, no, it was the last one was a Radio Rahim based off of the character from Do the Right Thing. Um, so I mean, there was some storytelling there, but it really was a big fat lull. But sandwiched between that lull was what Nick tried to talk about the uber gorgeous Don C's. Nick, do you want to profess your love for Chicago's finest? <laughs> so uh before i do that i have a worse confession to make i actually like the oh, infrared no. 23 jordan 2 true i just with the I, concrete print on it yep i don't know why something about that shoe i really liked i didn't buy them because i knew guys like you and everyone listening would make fun of me no just kidding <laughs> I, I do really like the shoe though uh, i i just i just you know can't buy everything that I like. Otherwise, I'd need a warehouse. Or <laughs> <laughs> you'd be wearing a house <laughs> worth of shoes. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But yeah, so like the 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 Don C thing like was just really fascinating to me because, you know, I, aside from the, you know, like the Ben 23 is hands down the nicest material I've ever seen, you know, used on Jordans, regardless of the model. But the Jordan 2 was really, really nice. But it was brown, right? Like, again, like kind of doing a disservice to the two. Nike, you know, puts this 
color that's just not, you know, I don't know, like sneakerheads don't really like mess with brown in that sense, you know. I mean, we, we see it now with like Travis Scott and stuff, and we've seen it with the mochas occasionally. And, you know, there's been shoes where the, the, it's been a part of it. But generally speaking, it doesn't sell as well as kind of your primary colors, your brighter colors, and just your traditional like Chicago inspired colors. So like 2016, Don C, who, you know, has his brand, um, Just Don, does a collab on the Jordan 2 and like does a quilted leather upper in like this crazy box. Uh, you know, the shoes are just just over the top packaging, like really kind of to, you know, to the point of the of the bin 23. In my opinion, this is like. The first not not the first time, but definitely done properly and like paying homage to the, you know, quality and the Italian made, you know, background of the Air Jordan 2. And the one thing that I thought was really interesting is that it was just like a solid royal blue color was the first one, right? And that was like the most uh, I like that color. I think that's a beautiful color and you know probably my one of my favorite two Jordan twos. But I just thought it was really odd. Uh you know considering you hadn't really seen like a high quality Chicago inspired Jordan two. And here you have, you know, Don C who's, you know, Chicago native, crazy, you know, Michael Jordan fan, crazy Chicago Bulls fan. And I, I, I just wish it would have been a Chicago colorway. Nick, deep down inside, you hate it because it's Dodger blue. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm a Giants oh. fan, but like, I, I, my, fa- you know, blue is one of my favorite colors, regardless of of that. Orange will always be my favorite color, but royal blue is like definitely a close second. That's why I'm like a sucker for all these Knicks colorways. True, you you definitely have a tendency. Um, did you mention the hat? Because it came with a Don C <laughs> hat also. I don't even know. If- yeah, I didn't mention that. So it came with the hat. The blue colorway actually came out first in 2015. And then we had that beautiful beach, which came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. Then there was that super friends and family DJ Khaled. Um, It was some kind of orange. It was like a muted creamsicle colorway. Get what it's called. The exact color of it. That was my favorite. That was only kids and DJ. Oh, Arctic orange. Yeah. Arctic. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Just like an icy creamsicle. So Arctic makes kind of sense. But like, you couldn't be more right about this, how plush and beautiful that quilted upper is. I mean, you sometimes see quilts, quilted prints on shoes. I think more of like Air Maxes. But it's just another example of how good of a blank canvas the two is. I mean, it doesn't get the love when it comes in brown, but when you do it right, there's some of the most sought after shoes for the, of a year or a decade or all time in some people's eyes. So kudos. M&M yeah. flavor. And this one was done spot on. Because he, um, Don C actually based this off his wife's Chanel bag. And if you look at the, the quilted print on that, on, you know, on those purses and what he did there, he was spot on and Got the inspiration just yeah, like correct to a T on 
So, so where do we go from from here? Like, what what's next for the for the Jordan two? I I don't see it releasing for a little while. I don't know why, but I mean, we get the last release we got was the uh, the the tandem pack with uh, Converse that was a uh, throwback to the alumni game that Jordan played um, played in, where you got the Converse Pro leather, but then you also got that that low. Oh no, I'm saying that wasn't a low. It was the, the high in that special UNC colorway, that white uh, university blue black with like hints of red. Uh, the one you were speaking about earlier, Nick. Uh, that was the last release I remember. Um, I mean, you had different things like you have the Legend of Summer pack, but I mean, that's not something that was widely released. That was that's something people are again are. That's one of the few that you know sneakerheads will clamor to get their hands on, but. I don't see too much happening with the. So what do we like? Tune in, just in thinking like 2016, 2017, Don C stuff. Um, I, I think 2016 was like the wing it, right? It was like the white and black pair based on the on the poster from from 87 or whatever. Uh, yep. It, yeah, like you said, the 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 converse, the pack with converse. Um, was there anything else in in the last couple of years that we missed can i just say really quick i would fight both of you for a legends of why are you fighting us <laughs> i would throw down get some pent up aggression I would, if, if there was a legend of summer 2 in the middle of a circle of grown men you know i'm going down like prison rules i'm fighting for that shit. <laughs> um, uh, so, <laughs> on that note, I wouldn't fight you for the bread. Did we say the bread too? Did we touch on that one? I just ignored it because it was awful. Yeah, well, it's there. Um, now, the bread 13, that's a good one, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, different the bread story. two, wings. Um, that's, I mean, correct us if we're wrong later on retrospectively, but. That's about it. It's been put back on hiatus. Yeah, it, it seems like it really has, again, like kind of just fallen to the back. There was the whole deconstructed twos. Oh, yeah. There was like four of them. What year was that? I don't that? know if we have to talk oh, about crap. it. <laughs> there's I three. I forgot about those. Yeah. There's, um, I want to say 2017. I'm double checking right now. I'm right. 2017. They were nice colors. I just, I mean... I feel like it's, they were just kind of floppy because they're deconstructed. That that high collar is just kind of flopping in the wind. So what? You don't like rabbits? You don't like you don't like floppy? You don't like floppy ears? No. Twenty seventeen. Deconstructed pack. Four colorways at release, right? Three. Three colorways at release. Um, which is kind of like the 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 falling out of the Jordan two now in, in hindsight. Right. <laughs> There were those, so like that's the deconstructed version, Rio beige, thunder blue, and triple black. But like I alluded to earlier, before we get into our like personal thoughts, there were a couple versions of the two, and we briefly spoke about one of them, and it was that Fred Jones colorway. The new two, NU two, um, where I had a big ass shroud on it. That was also Ooh. 2004. That was right in line with the t Air Jordan 18. Borrowed a lot from that. 
And then in 2010 or 11, there was the 2.0, which is all the top, completely normal as is, but on top of a 360 airbag, you know, full length Air Max, which would have probably solved Michael Jordan's stiffness problem with the originals, but we I kind of had to just bring up that the new two and the 2.0 like they tried making the two more playable and maybe more lifestyle friendly if you can say the new two does that um but they did try a couple different things to try to spice it up before 2014's end the Jordan 2 new retro was a really important shoe in a lot of ways that people might not know so that was the very first basketball project that Dwayne Edwards worked on for Jordan brand when he came up as a designer. And if you're not familiar with Dwayne Edwards, he's, you know, he was uh, like kind of like head of design for a little while there of Jordan brand, but then moved on to start pencil, which is based in Portland and it's a footwear design, you know, Academy essentially. And, you know, many, many, amazing designers have gone through this at this point. You know, I, I think it's probably been like five years now, close to five years. Um, I mean, since it's had like an official like space, right? That. Um, but yeah. I'll tell you this. We're going to have an episode and an interview shortly down the road with somebody who works at pencil and works with pencil. So we'll hash out all those particulars on an interview episode here shortly. Yeah. I mean, de definitely will be something worth listening to. So I guess like wrapping up kind of like our thoughts on the Jordan two, um, we wanted to reach out to somebody who is, I would say like the biggest fan of the order Jordan two that I'm aware of. And that is Sean Collard. So, I got him on the phone to share his thoughts on the Air Jordan 2. So speaking of the Air Jordan 2, I have reached out to Sean Collard, who has his own podcast called The Sneaker Podcast, which you should definitely go check out. I would say one of my favorite sneaker podcasts. And Sean and I connected uh, quite a few years back when we when he wrote a piece for Nike Talk, talking about Durabuck on the Air Jordan 6 and, and Nike's use of that material. But I'll let him explain his kind of love for the Air Jordan 2 that we're talking about today. So, Sean, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how the Air Jordan 2 became so special to you. Oh, sure. And, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Nick. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've been, I, we kind of know, you know, mutually kind of follow each other for the last few years. And it's been nice to finally connect uh, uh, over the phone. And uh, I appreciate having you on, especially uh, any opportunity to talk with the twos. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm there. So, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, um, no but yeah, so very simply, um, back in, uh, it was, I, I'm an older guy, I'm 46 now. And so I was around for, uh, very fortunate to be around for Michael Jordan's entire career. And, um, I fell in love with Jordan pretty, pretty much from the get go. Uh, I was about 11 or 12 years old when the ones came out and then couldn't get the ones cause they were a little bit too much, too expensive. And so, but I ended up my first pair of Jordans when I was about 12 were the, uh, AJKOs, the black and red AJKOs. Mm -hmm. Which my mom got me for I think it was nineteen ninety nine. Um, but well, long story short, then uh, I had the following year. Uh, it was All Star Weekend, uh, nineteen eighty seven, and I I watched the All Star game and I, I got saw the dunk contest during the 
the halftime show. And uh, obviously, Michael Jordan won the dunk contest, best dunk contest that year. And uh, immediately noticed the shoes because I, I'd been seeing him wear these, you know, the regular Nikes with the swoosh. And I was wearing, I was saying, when I saw the dunk contest highlights on the, at the, at the halftime show, I, I had no clue what those were. And I'd already been like really into sneakers. Like I, I, I like my first sneakers I ever remember wanting when I was a kid were the Pro Stars from Converse that Match Johnson wore. So, and I was all because I was playing basketball. I really wanted whatever sneakers I saw my my heroes wearing. And that time before Michael Jordan was, was Magic Johnson. But back to you know seeing these these Air Jordans, these new. I didn't know what they were, and and so I. But seeing him like flow through the air and you know, from the free throw line and doing these crazy things. I immediately was drawn to them. But then it cut to what made, again, I didn't know what they were. But then cut to a few months later, I was watching a Lakers-Celtics game on uh, CBS at the time, because the NBA games were all on CBS back in the 80s. And uh, during the third quarter, and I actually still have this game on VHS, believe it or not. Awesome. During the third quarter, uh, a commercial came on after, I remember vividly, it was after a Miller Lite commercial. And it was Michael Jordan standing in a dark gym, white T-shirt, white wings logo on his T-shirt. Uh, there's some music playing, and then the music kicks up, and Michael Jordan goes into what we now know as the Rock the Cradle dunk. And it looks, and they, they zoom in at one point on, if anybody remembers the, the Air Jordan 2 commercial from 1987, they zoom in at one point. It looks like he's walking up an invisible flight of stairs. And mm-hmm. then it, so he does the dunk, and then the tagline is, Air Jordan, it's all in the imagination. And that I, I was like hooked immediately <laughs> i was like what the hell is that it was like there was no swoosh on the side it was it was crazy and people forget because they all a lot of people you know uh, credit the three as being oh they removed the swoosh on the three but the jordan two had like no, almost no nike branding on it at all so but that's another story so no, that's where my that's where my love started but then it became a full-blown obsession because i, I wanted the sneakers uh we didn't get them up here i live in montreal canada we didn't get them up here in montreal canada so um we were at the, in the fall of 87, I was uh, playing high school basketball already. And we were going to go to a, to a tournament, tournament in upstate New York. And so my mother said that for an early birthday present, that she would get me these Air Jordan twos or the Air Jordan, the new Air Jordans at the time. We didn't, there were no numbers. And uh, when we went to this tournament in the States, we'd go to the mall and we'd pick up the shoes. So of course we went to this, this tournament. The first thing we do, we get there, we go run to the mall, having no idea how much they were going to cost. <laughs> And we, we went to the Foot Locker, and there they were. The two were sitting there on the shelf. I picked them up, and they were a hundred damn dollars. <laughs> and a, a hundred dollars sneaker for a, a, thir- a then thirteen-year-old kid at the time. Uh, my mother was like having none of that. She's like, no way. So that that what she didn't realize is that denying me those twos, which is what she was obviously wise to you know, deny me the twos at thirteen years old when they were a hundred bucks. Uh, but she she fueled an obsession that's now lasted you know over over thirty years. So. And that's why you see on my on my Instagram page, uh, you know, I do a lot of dedication to one, at least once a week to the two. So um, that's 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 in a nutshell. That's where my my love of the two started. But it's it's been a long and and passionate and sometimes ag- agonizing <laughs> love affair with the two. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally totally relatable though. I mean, I think everybody has something you know a, a shoe that's like that. And it is kind of funny that you bring up that you know, the denial of getting the shoe in the first place is kind of what yeah. kicks you into this, like, oh, I'm going to get this someday, you know, and, and then it becomes exactly. that obsession over the years. And I think, I mean, that's like the beauty and the curse of sneakers in general. And I think so many people can relate to that. And I, I definitely wanted to shout out your Instagram because your Instagram is great, especially if for people that are into Jordans, obviously you have, uh, you know, a bunch of Nikes on there as well and, and some other shoes, oh, but, but, uh, 
You can find Shauna, what is S Collard, S C O L L A R D 23. That's exactly it. Exactly. Okay. Um, and make sure you, make sure you do some digging on, on Sean's page because he has some great stories and, uh, specifically, I won't, I won't tell the story, but, um, specifically the story about your grandmother and the photos that you posted were all right one of the most amazing things i don't remember when that was but i i think it was a few months back or maybe end of last year or something but um yeah i really am just excited to share what you put out there and and i'm inspired by what you put out there because you know knowing you know just in watching your posts and knowing that you're a teacher and you know just the conversations we've had through social media over the years i just really admire your appreciation for you know sneakers in general, but obviously the two and, and definitely wanted to have your opinion involved in this uh, episode where we're kind of going a little deeper on that specific model. So uh, I, re- I appreciate, I appreciate that, Nick. And, uh, and the feelings very mutual, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate the kind words. It uh, means a lot to me. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem at all. To wrap up, I'd say like, what are like the three craziest Air Jordan two releases? And then your three favorite Air Jordan two colorways and maybe just in general, the things that you like or dislike about the two over the years in hindsight, now that we've got what 22, roughly 23 years of the Air Jordan two. And we also need to hear your three favorite ice cream flavors. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's easy for me to pick. <laughs> um, uh, so what are we doing first? Create three, three craziest releases. Yeah, I mean, I think like we can collectively do that, right? To me, yeah, I, you know, the the Eminem Air Jordan Two obviously comes up, probably top for most people. For sure, uh, we kind of already talked about the Legends Pack, which was what in twenty three. Uh, we have to be another that Justin Timberlake and Jay Z and Jay Z, yeah, yep. Which was the name of their yeah, tour. joint tour? Correct. What year was that? 2017? No, way earlier. Let me double check myself, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, 2016 or 2015. I could be wrong. Wait, really? 2014. I was, we were right in the middle. 2014. That was five years ago. Get the play out of here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to edit this out, but StockX <laughs> oh, release God. dates are garbage. So um, they no longer pay me to do it. So it's it's a, <laughs> quite a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll edit that out. I'll, I'm not getting my feelings anymore, but like I... I like part, part of why I no Damn. longer work with them was because we fought about the importance <laughs> of getting the right release dates on the site. <laughs> you got Legends of Summer, M&M's. What's the third and final top three Air Jordan 2? Dornbecker? Ben 23? I'm, a, I'm about to stick with the Ben 23. Dornbecker or Ben 23? Because, I mean, both in their own right have some you know historical relevance to them i'll be the tiebreaker it's definitively 
the Dornbecker because the only way somebody was wearing brown in 2010 is that they got dressed in the dark and they thought their pants were brown. So that's not happening. Hey, man, that's, a, that's an office casual Jordan, all right? Are you wearing a brown suit or like brown slack? Like, what are you wearing? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so you know the black and green you could stop asking questions huh? i mean you could wear your supreme peacock colored pants i mean peacock print pants with the uh, dornbeckers you can wear black you can wear green you can wear any freaking thing other than brown and it works so i'm gonna go with the dornbecker i mean i give you that i mean i can't even argue like it's one of those things is like each one is each one is good, so I, I wouldn't be mad if one was like one was taken out and the other wasn't. So I mean, I'm cool with Doran Becker because I mean I like the whole Doran Becker philosophy behind it. So and it was the first Jordan to ever be put through the process. So I'm okay with that. I would like for either one, so if that counts. Yeah, it's like it's splitting hairs at this point. How about each of your guys's top threes? All right. Well. You go ahead. You say, what are you about to say? <laughs> I saw it coming all the way. Dylon, Dylon, and Dylon. No, I'm kidding. Every time. Dylon. Um, in this order, you got to go with the OG white, black, and varsity red. Those go really hard. Then the mellows, because. I remember just being in awe of how good Mello was and it's being like that guy with the braids is killer. So I really like the twos of the mellow edition. And then the third and final one, I'm going to have to say the candy pack yellow, because I can name on one hand, probably only three fingers, the amount of, nah, one hand. Um, I just did a quick count of all yellow Jordans. And the fact that it's on a two is pretty cool. So those are my three. What do you think, Mike? Man, so I have to put one in my favor just for pure nostalgia reasons because of I got this random pair from back when I worked at Champs in college that are actually mismatched in, uh, in size. It's a 10 and a half and 11 and a half. Like the company packed them wrong, but is the uh, they released them around the same time as the candy pack, but it's that all uh, all university blue color with the uh, black accents. Um, but other than that, my two favorites are going to be very uh, simple, which would be the the home low colorway and then the uh, white and UNC colorway, both in the lows. So for me, probably. The mellows are up there. Um, I like the original kind of black away colorway or white and black away colorway. Um, and we didn't really get into kind of, you know, the the one offs and the samples that exist. But, you know, thinking about like how a lot of the Jordan stores have these, you know, displays of all 23 or whatever, 25 shoes. You know, like I know I know Georgetown has their full set. Um, I think New York has a full set. There's a full set here in LA where the, you know, like all white, there's like the all gold set. Um, so one of the most like unique colorways to me that I really liked 
was that Pantone 284 set because unlike all the others that had the plastic, the like traditional, like kind of uh, like snakeskin or or like you know lizard print, whatever. Um, this one, the, that Pantone set came out in 2009, or at least released. You know, pictures came out in 2009, and it had like this crazy like lasering effect over that area and a black liner. That one's up there for me, um, but. I don't know if that really counts because it's such a such a, you know, like one off random, but I'm going with it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> we will accept your answer. So so Mike already kind of shared his thoughts on the future of, of the Jordan, too. What do you what do you think, Robbie? You think, you know, are we are we like getting close to a, another retro of the Jordan, too? Or are we going to see it kind of sit on the shelf for a while? Well, word on the street is we're supposed to get one of my top three picks, the white, black, and red pretty soon, question mark, like within the next, I mean, it's been on one of those shoes on like, you know, release rumors for about two or three years now. And it's because we haven't gotten it since 2004. Yeah. 2004 is the last time we got that shoe. So I think that'll come back. I think they might have learned, they as in Jordan brand, might have learned their lesson with all those shoes we dogged on from 2000, like, you know, 13 to 15. Um, I think we won't see any of those, but there's definitely room for it. We've talked about how muted palettes are cool. And what's more muted than white leather with a little bit of black and red? That's pretty much the formula that's been helping you know, Air Force One sell for the past two years, like hotcakes. So it's simple enough to work for a new generation of kids, but it'll forever be one of those Jordans where like sneakerheads know it's the Jordan 2. Um, casual fans are like, those are Jordans? Question mark. Like they're not so, you know, overly branded, like Nick said earlier. There's not a lot of, tells and it's not really it's not really the most coveted jordan so like it has an under the radar presence that i think will fly that way with occasional releases i'd say like at max we see two jordan twos next year mm, that may be one too many i'm gonna say one if if we get one at all i'm gonna say one i think you're probably right we won't see too many of them but i i think that it just is it there hasn't been enough to like fully appreciate it. Right. I, I, and maybe I'm just being nostalgic here, but you know, all the things we've talked about tonight, like all the stuff that MJ did in the shoe, the fact that it was like, you know, this crazy material from the get go. And, you know, the fact that we've seen some great versions of it over the years that just like flew under the radar compared to other Jordan releases. It, it, it just, it feels like there's still opportunity for them to put it out in a way that will get people excited. You know, like it, I'm not saying that, you know, people are going to drop $300 on it, which is probably the way they would do it if they did like, you know, true to original materials. But there is like some piece of that that is appealing to me. Just like you said, Robbie, it, it's not easily identifiable as easily identified as a Jordan model for the casual 
sneaker fan or the casual basketball fan. And that's kind of what makes it cool to me. It, it, it kind of stands in its own space in a sense where, you know, people might actually have to ask you what those shoes are. And that's not going to happen with, you know, a lot of the models that we've seen throughout the years. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see kind of how Jordan brand treats it and see if they, you know, since it has been such a long time since we've really seen like the more traditional colorways, um, see how, how, you know, how they play it in the next couple of years. But, um, any last parting thoughts on the Air Jordan two? I'll give you a really weird take and why I don't like wearing the Jordan two. They're so plush and there's so much padding between like the inner walls of where your foot is and the outside materials that my foot feels creepily disassociated from everything around it. Like my ankles, like, like the balls of your ankles, sneakerheads hate this. They touch and like they scrape. That always happens wearing twos for me because I don't know where the hell my foot is because it's so big and padded. Like I love the way it looks. They have a deep place in my heart, but God knows I don't like wearing them and I keep buying them, but I don't like wearing them. That's a, that, that's a real sneakerhead problem. <laughs> that's a problem I can relate to. <laughs> well, since I've never actually put these on my feet, I haven't had that issue. So, but my, uh, my hot take is that if we do get a Jordan 2 in the year 2020, it is going to be through a collaboration from either artist or musician. And that will be the only way that the brand will start seeing movement on the shoe. That'd be so dope if it was like a Marikami, like flower print on the panels. That'd be dope. That'd be fucking tight. I'd buy that. That'd be tight. <laughs> I could, I could see that working. I mean, it, there really hasn't been a usage of the kind of blank slate, as you called it. You know, the the Dornbecker is kind of like the 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 only one that really got a little crazy with the colors. Um, you know, we've seen like a lot of solid colorways like that. You know, Rainbow Pack or whatever that was. There was like there was a so there was a what was the uh, the Candy Pack, and then there was also a Rainbow Pack. The Rainbow Pack was another like series that, that had like that reflective kind of, oh, you know, I don't know what it it's was. It's just but. like really, really shiny. It's not patent leather. It's like, it's straight up plastic. Looks like I held a pair of the 19s a couple weeks ago from that same pack. And it's, it's not quite reflective, but it's just like a really, it's like a soft foam posit. If that makes sense. It's crazy, but that's a really huh. interesting sample that we didn't get to touch on. But that rainbow pack is definitely a crazy use of the two. That's true. Oh, sh shit. I just realized one that we've <laughs> got to go back and talk about. Oh, we got the Air Jordan 2.0. They basically put the LeBron 7 outsole on the Air Jordan 2. You guys remember that? This is probably like, this is like 2011. Fuck. No, I brought that up. 
Hold on. The 2.0? Yeah. N- not the new retro. No, yeah, I, I said both. Oh, okay. Oh no, he did bring he did bring it up. Yeah. He said something about a full Air Max, but I did not it didn't click until just now. Okay, yeah. I didn't I didn't Oh I didn't dude, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, those are so bad. We're covered. They're but off. Also probably probably comfortable. So <laughs> here's here's a little what year was it? It was twenty eleven. Um yeah. I worked at Nike. The Gucci colorway. Right? Yeah. I worked at yeah. Nike Las Vegas those dropped. Yeah. And no lie. I had the choice to be, and I told the story when I bought the 16.5. I bought the 16.5 instead of buying the 2.0. That's how bad the 2.0 was. <laughs> Dude, I remember this when I worked at Champs and I, I had the choice to buy it or just let it sit there. I, I had both there. in my yeah. hand. <laughs> oh my God. I was God. like, do I go with this or do I go with that? Or do I go with this? What I remember is being extremely heavy for some reason. I could be wrong, but I remember them being just like freaking lug boots. Going down. Me, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. They are Jordan 2 going down. Holy crap, yeah. We, we didn't do it, but we should just do like real quick, like what's the worst Jordan 2 they've ever made? Well, the new retro. Easily. Oh, see, no, the 2.0 for me is way worse than the new retro. Yeah, you think? Yeah, the the new retro. I I at least understand that they were trying to do a performance oriented version. The two point was literally just like, well, we'll just glue a different outsole on it. Oh yeah, people will buy Air Max. Right? <laughs> we got this. Yeah, this. people will Let's buy full length Air Max right now. <laughs> all right. Well, see, this was the time when there were a bunch of fakes going around of all like the Jordans mixed with Air Max. So these look like those fakes. Exactly why it's way worse. <laughs> okay, fair. Oh, you know what? I talked myself into it. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to take Nick's energy and I'm going to repurpose it to hate on the 1.5 again because what you just said is the freaking 1.5. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That's literally oh, what you said. <laughs> but see, okay. So the 1.5 to me was at least, you know, like, the progression of getting to new technology like the 2.0 is literally just like well shit it, you know you, oh what's the, what's the line like you know in the kanye track where he's like hey at least at least if he has if his bars are whack we can just throw cam on the track that's what nike did with the air max outfit <laughs> when they got the full length air max of the, of the lebron 7 because they did it on all sorts of crazy stuff during that era and I think it just like tanks everything except for the LeBron seven, which, you know, is obviously awesome. That was a A plus Kanye quoting. <laughs> I was like, you made that work perfectly. Right. And the church of Jesus verse 14, you have passed. Uh, <laughs> and to be fair, the Jordan 1.5, if the leather would have been actually nice on it and not, you know, straight trash vinyl. I mean, I would have bought it. Quit saying air. That was just, huh? <laughs> Come on. You know if it wasn't just crashed up top, you would have bought it. Man, I mean, I'm not gonna say either one of those two are the worst. I mean, I'm gonna say that for real, the worst one is that nightshade too. I can't stand that fake stingray print. Like, get that stingray shit out of here. Like, yeah. That one is that one is pretty bad. So we have the new retro, 
the 2.0 and the nightshades as the collective three worst. Yeah. So, man, it's crazy. So I, I, as we were kind of recording, I figured I'd look up a little bit of like the, uh, the, the, like the sales prices on some of the stuff. And uh, it's crazy to see like original Jordan 2s on eBay, clearly not wearable in any way for like two to $5,000. Yeah, no, thank six, you. Six, <laughs> six, six grand for an 87 Air Jordan 2 low uh, that's like literally falling apart throughout the midsole. On eBay uh, right did now. Did Jordan wear it? Was that a, was that a uh, player worn shoe? No. Like, hell no. Um, here, here's a little eBay lesson, especially when you're trying to flex on your friends with how much your shoe is worth. There's what the shoe is listed at online. Then there's what people have been buying the shoe at. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna kind of put that out there. You don't show them that part though. <laughs> you, you, you evade that part. We've all been there. Oh yeah, man. The, you got a pair of Jordans that kind of flop, but they're, they're kind of fly still. Let's take like the Jordan nine Lakers, for example. We're like, oh yeah, man, these are, these are worth like 350 because they're listed at 350. Shits are worth 125 if you try to buy them. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So, I mean, it's all relative. And I say that affectionately with a pair of Jordan nine Lakers in my closet. So don't get that twisted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. The Air Jordan 2. Let us know what your favorite colorways are, what your worst colorways are, where the Jordan 2 ranks for you. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to hearing your comments. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, at Sneaker History. You can follow me, Nick Engvall, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L on all platforms. Um, guys, let them know how they can find you. Find me on Sneaker History as well. Find me at at on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. Robbie. You can find me at Robbie702. But I'm gonna take a second to shout out uh Sean's group, which is the OG support group. Go give them a follow. A lot of good knowledge being shared there. So forget about me. Yeah, most definitely. And 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 obviously we want to thank Sean again. Um, and as we mentioned, make sure you check out their podcast. It's called The Sneaker Podcast. Uh, they're doing some awesome stuff there as well. And, and you know, we just want to continue to support the community wherever you're at. And if you guys have stuff going on, too, that we should be checking out, definitely let us know. And we'd be happy to uh, connect with you guys. So thanks for listening. And we'll catch you all on the next one. Peace. See you. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. Before you take off, I want to thank you again for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. To make sure you stay up on sneaker history happenings, new merch, new episodes, and other news, sign up for our newsletter at sneakerhistory.com. If you're looking for more episodes to listen to, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com sneakerhistory for even more content. And as we do, be sure to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far that will go for somebody. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question, and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. 
If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.